Brewers Weekly continues. I'm Greg Matzik. Keep in mind the On Deck event is coming up on Sunday, January 28th at the Wisconsin Center. Tickets on sale right now. Just check out Brewers.com. And this guy will be there. Check out Todd Rosiak from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Brewers beat writer, joining us on the line right now. Hey, Todd. Hello, Greg. How are you? I'm well. Are you counting down the days until you make Arizona your second home? I am not. Thanks for the reminder, though. <laughs> yeah, it kind of drags on for you guys, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a long, you know, it's a long process, and you know, I know people don't feel bad for us, and they shouldn't. Um, but it, you know, it's tough packing up and being away from your from your family and everything for six weeks. The weather's nice, of course, and you know, watching baseball is great too. But um, you know, to really essentially pick up your life and move it halfway across the country for six weeks is a little. Uh, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but you know we grind through it and we make it through to uh, opening day, and that's what we're planning to do again this season. Well, I'm kind of curious to see what happens here with the Brewers between now and not only when spring training starts, but when the regular season starts. I mean, it, anything could happen, really. It's been par- fairly quiet, and I ultimately think that tends to work in favor of the Brewers. Now, in one hand, you could say the market is drying up, but I don't know that that's really the case this offseason, Todd, and you know, big money contracts that maybe would have had to been doled out at the winter meetings, all of a sudden that asking price becomes less and less as time goes on. Yeah, it's really been a kind of a crazy off season when you when you talk about the the lack of movement. You know, everybody was expecting all these big money contracts. You know, these guys out there, the U Darvishes and the Jake Arrietas and Mike Mustakas, et cetera, et cetera, and they're all you know they're still waiting for work. It's crazy. So. Uh, you know, it works to the team's advantages, of course, at this point of the season. We're, we're uh, at this point of the off season. We're, you know, like you said, roughly a month away from the open of spring training. And, you know, teams, I think, are probably feeling pretty confident at this time that they can, um, you know, get get some deals, get some bargains. And may, maybe some of these guys start saying, well, hey, you know, nothing, nothing's really materializing as far, as far as a four- or five-year contract that I was expecting. Maybe I just need to sign a one-year deal or a two-year deal and take that and then try to try to uh, you know go back out there after that uh, and become a free agent again so as far as the Brewers go um, you know it certainly works to their advantage they're they're able to kind of hang back and wait and see and you know maybe in two weeks if if, if a guy like Neil Walker is still out there hey you know maybe you can get him for a year maybe you can get him for two years for a song and, and I'm sure that's what they're hoping is going to happen so you know, as we've all seen, David Stearns and his people are, are, are diligent and they're always turning over. Uh, they're leaving no stone unturned, as they say. So, um, you know, I, I would expect, uh, you, you know, that's, that's going to continue at this point. And if they are able to, to ink a guy like a Neil Walker, bring him back for a, for a bargain price, uh, it, it would not surprise me in the least. But I, I think it is definitely going to be interesting here, <clears throat> excuse me, over the next couple of weeks. You know, pretty loaded in the outfield position with prospects and existing talent, Todd. Would you be surprised if the Brewers started the regular season with all of the outfielders who are in play as of today? Yes and no. I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but um, I think the Brewers are are completely happy with what they have in-house at this point. But at the same time, you know, if they are able to all of a sudden find, you know, a taker or or, or a a dance partner for a guy like Domingo Santana, uh, Keon Broxton, I certainly think they're going to entertain any and all offers because you've got, you know, not only Lewis Brinson waiting in the wings, but also Brett Phillips. So, you know, you've got two really young, talented, and inexpensive guys who, who 
both, it would seem, factor pretty heavily into the future of the franchise waiting in the wings. Um, you know, you, you, if you're the Brewers, you obviously want to deal from a position of strength. You know, Broxton is a 2020 guy, obviously has some warts with the strikeouts and the inconsistency. You know, Domingo Santana's coming off a terrific year, but he's going to get expensive pretty soon. So, um, you know, I, I think, again, there, you know, you can never have too many good players, but you're looking to, to, to deal from positions of strength, and, and the outfield is, is certainly one of those positions for them. You know, and it's, it's interesting because a couple of years ago, Chris Davis was traded away to the Oakland A's, and he just signed a $10.5 million contract, 85 home runs in his last two years. I mean, just it, crazy numbers, right? I have several emails from listeners saying, hey, the Brewers gave up on this guy too early. But when I think back to when the trade was made and what David Stearns was looking for, Davis only plays one position. He doesn't have a very good arm, and he's kind of a one-trick pony at the plate, or at least he was at that time. And it seems like the Brewers are just fine with the outfielders they have. Yeah, I mean, look, hindsight is twenty twenty, and clearly the Brewers would be much better off with Chris Davis than without him. But at the time, the trade made sense. You know, like you said, David Stearns, you know, he was coming into, you know, basically it was his first offseason as general manager, you know, really starting that rebuild in earnest, and to be able to pick up a guy in Jacob Nottingham, who at the time appeared to be a really good shot at becoming your future uh, catcher of the major leagues, as well as a, as a decent arm in Bubba Derby, you know, I, I guess in retrospect, you, you, you probably would make that trade again. You know, you mentioned Chris Davis's uh, shortcomings defensively. You know, he's, he just doesn't cut it out there every day as a, as a left fielder. You've also got Ryan Braun in the mix too. So, there are many reasons why they traded him. The trade on right now, obviously, is very lopsided in the A's uh, favor. But you know, you can't. I don't think you can really sign off and say that neither uh, Jacob Nottingham nor Bubba Derby will, will factor in at some point for the Brewers at the major league level. Derby, it looks like, is going to be um, you know on the come faster than Nottingham at this point. But uh, both of those guys do have potential, and, and I know from the Brewers' perspective, they, they still have high hopes for both of them. So, you know, it's kind of rolling the dice. But, again, we go back to the position of strength, and, you know, you've got plenty, plenty of talent uh, waiting in the wings there in the outfield as well, regardless of what you wind up doing moving forward. Matt on assignment this week. Happy to sit in for him. Also happy to be talking to Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. You know, Todd, the the other player that I get a lot of emails about is Jonathan Lucroy. So, you know, the world was ending, right, when Jonathan Lucroy was traded a couple years ago. It was a true sign that, yes, this team is in massive rebuild mode. Kind of funny how things play out here. Jonathan Lucroy has been an effective player since leaving Milwaukee, but he's been on a couple of different teams. And quite frankly, had a bit of a disappointing season a year ago. So you thought his career might flourish and take off once he left Milwaukee. He had so many good years in Milwaukee, but still relatively young. You thought, well, yeah, sky's the limit for Jonathan Lucroy, who had developed into a great two-way player. Well, all of a sudden, his numbers have dipped. The asking price for a guy like Lucroy is down, but you still get the sense there's a lot of value there in the veteran catcher. So I know the Brewers committed to Steven Vogt, or at least committed to bringing him back for an opportunity. They have Manny Pena, who had a fine season a year ago. Some other names, I think, still in the mix. Jet Bandy, Andrew Susak, who, well, I don't know how much can be really said about those two players. But I get a lot of emails about Jonathan Lucroy. I don't know. I mean, Steven Vogt is, you know, on a, on a make-good deal. I mean, he's not his, his contract is not guaranteed. 
uh, Jonathan Lucari is not going to sign a non-guaranteed deal. I mean, he's going to get a he's going to get a major league deal, you know, a year or two from somebody, no question about it. So, you know, I think the Brewers are certainly um, focused on Manny Pena being their their everyday catcher going into next season, and rightfully so. The guy had a heck of a year uh, defensively. He, I think he def- definitely exceeded expectations offensively. Uh, he was a he was a really nice surprise when you consider that that guy was a throw-in. He was a player to be named later in, in the Francisco Rodriguez deal from a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, you've got him for a song if you're the Brewers. You've got other options like you mentioned uh, behind him. Jet Bandy was was pretty good the first third fourth of the season last year. Um, you still don't really know what you have in Andrew Susak, and then you've got the veteran guy in vote who. Um, you know, is the left-handed bat, great in the clubhouse. Uh, you know what you're getting in him, and, and he can be a decent backup, you know, play every every fourth day for the Brewers if, if he winds up being your backup catcher. So you have options. Um, Jonathan Lucroy, I just I just don't think, you know, he fits their, their mold at this point. I think they have more, more pressing needs at other positions. You know, I look at the starting staff here, Todd, and uh, when Jimmy Nelson is healthy, I, I look at the one, two, and three and say, that's pretty good. You know, with Chase Anderson, what he did a year ago, Nelson had a great season until he got hurt. Zach Davies was fine, got a lot of run support early, started to get dialed in later. One, two, and three, I think they're okay. I don't think they have a four and five that could get them to the postseason here. Is it important that they do find another starting pitcher here to really fortify this rotation? And then you're talking about guys like Brent Suter and Brandon Woodruff. You know, one of those guys maybe makes the rotation. The other guy is, you know, your long relief or emergency starter. Do you keep him on the roster for those situations? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think, again, with the, with the starting pitching, uh, the Brewers will, will, will keep their eyes open and keep their ears to the ground, so to speak, heading into spring training. And, you know, maybe they luck into somebody who can help them, um, you know, this season or, or even as far as next season, another arm to throw in the mix and consider. Um, but, you know, like you said, the, the Jimmy Nelson uh, injury, that's, that's huge. I mean, there's no way you can, you can oversell the fact that him missing at least the first half of the season is really a, a crushing blow for this, for this starting rotation. You put him in the mix, you know, you, him, Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, that's a, that's a really nice one, two, three for a rebuilding team. Um, but now, what, what, are, what are your options? You know, in-house, you, you've got obviously uh, Jolis Chasin, who uh, they signed last month. They're going to look at him as an innings eater. I think, you know, you obviously pencil him into the rotation as the number four guy. Um, you know, and then moving forward, looking at that fifth spot, you've got, you've got guys like Giovanni Gallardo you're going to have to look at. Um, you know, what about a guy like Junior Guerra? I still think it's too early to give up on him. Of course, he had a terrible year last year. Injuries, inconsistency, and whatnot. Uh, but I think it's too early to give up on him. He was really good for them two years ago. So, um you know, do you look at a guy like an Adrian Hauser coming off Tommy John surgery who really pitched well um, in the Arizona Fall League? Um, you know, you mentioned Brandon Woodruff. You got a guy like uh, Brent Suter even who could give you a little bit different look as a lefty and kind of a soft tosser. He's been able to do uh, well in, in certain situations. So I, I think that, you know, if you're the Brewers, about where you're at, you're always looking to improve. Um, but you you definitely do have some questions there toward the back end, and I think they're they're going to um, 
you know, definitely be looking at any and all options here heading into uh, heading into the spring and then obviously through the spring as well. I always ask Hardercourt to name the starting rotation for me every time I have him out in the offseason. He hates me for it, and I think it's wonderful. Uh, I'm going to ask you a different question, though. Who will be the Brewers' leadoff batter on opening day? Boy, that's a good that's a good question. Again, um, you know, you look at you look at the the makeup of the lineup. You know what they had there last year. Um, you know, last year at this time, if you ask the question, it's a no brainer. It's Jonathan VR, guy had a heck of a 2016, and then obviously a miserable 2017. Um, you know, I guess obviously it's going to depend on whether the Brewers do go out and try to re-sign Neil Walker. You know, there, there's other other things that could be in play, other balls in the air, but. Uh, if you just look at what they have right now on hand, you know I, I think VR and, and Eric Sogard are the two guys that you obviously would look at as possibilities up there. You know, would they consider a timeshare with those guys? Would they want one guy to be, you know, kind of be the everyday guy and then the other guy fill in on occasion and be that utility guy? That remains to be seen. But Jonathan VR at his best, is, is, you know, can wreak havoc on the bases. He can steal bases. He's a switch hitter can hit for some power. Eric Sogard is, is a left-handed hitter, more of the, you know, that traditional on-base guy, good eye, gets deep in counts, can hit with two strikes, can, you know, can, can uh, do all those sorts of different things that you like a leadoff hitter to do. So, you know, they, they do have some options there. Um, you know, Craig Council obviously played around a little bit with his lineup, even putting a guy like Eric Thames up there on occasion last year. I don't think that that's by any means, an, you know, an everyday thing for uh, 2018 but you know if, if we've learned anything with Craig Council is that he he can be creative and he's not afraid to be creative when it comes to constructing the lineup and uh, I think we'll see more of that again this season check out his work in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel see him in Arizona make sure to say hello to Todd Rosiak Todd I will be in Arizona I'm not going to tell you when I'm coming I'm just going to show up one day thank you for the warning I appreciate it Greg <laughs> all right take care we'll see you at the on deck event at the end of the month Sounds good, Greg. Thanks.